Hey, welcome to the Two Dudes Talk Movies podcast, and we are finally on video. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been, what, a year? I yes. Of trying to get video and get posters and get a room and actual a proper podcast equipment. But well, we're here. Yeah, we're glad you guys can actually see our faces, so when we have a bad idea or a bad take, you can actually put a face on it and tell us about it. But yeah, man, it's been it's been fun. Our birthday's here. And it's true, yes. One year of doing this. It's been fun. I hope you guys have enjoyed it all around the world, uh, wherever you're listening from. But um, I actually didn't even know it was our birthday until literally before we did this. (laughs) Um, But today we picked a classic, uh, or else that's what people say. Um, We're talking about 2001 A Space Odyssey, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Um, Do you want to give us the cast, even though there's only... What like five people? Yeah, it's a very small yeah cast, but it stars Kier Delea Delui Delu. Yeah, it's a weird name. I don't K- know D U L L E A Delia. I'll say Delia. Uh, Gary, he's not anything else. I bet. Uh, probably not. Uh, him, Gary Lockwood, William Sylvester, Daniel Richter, Richter, and Douglas Rain. And the film, directed by Stanley Kubrick, as Drew said, is about. To say the least, or on a very surface level, about uh, astronauts going to space, and then they have this, I guess, artificial intelligent AI or artificial intelligent uh, device named HAL Nine Thousand mm-hmm. that kind of uh, disrupts the mission. They're going to Jupiter, and uh, he's just kind of overriding the mission. Mission and the trip just doesn't go as smoothly as anticipated. Yeah, I think. When I, I remember I was telling you before we started that when I watch it, I can only remember it by, like, chapters. Mm-hmm. Because really it is broken up in chapters uh, where it's, like, shows the dawn of man showing a bunch of, like, apes kind of running around the desert. Yeah, at the beginning of the yeah. first 20 minutes. Um, and then we did that. And I think um, something to mention would be the, I can't remember, the big black structures that appear yeah. throughout, basically all of space, like, they're, showing off everywhere like on the moon mm-hmm. uh later in the movie um but it starts with the dawn of man and we see a bunch of apes you know living their living their lives you know just survival uh and then we see a businessman on another spaceship and that part of the movie is a little more towards giving us an idea of the operation that they're doing to fi- mm-hmm. to kind of understand this extraterrestrial structure right and then, like you said, uh, a big portion of the movie, though, is the actual spaceship on its way to Jupiter because I think they, um, according to their, like, data or whatever, that the next extraterrestrial thing is on its way to Jupiter. Right. And so they're basically meeting it there to kind of analyze it. But, yeah, the AI kind of screws everything up. And I guess I'll start uh, because there's a lot to talk about. This is a probably one of the most confusing movies i've ever watched it has so much stuff in it but it but sometimes nothing in it yeah sense. it feels like it's a bunch of b-roll that there's like i know you told me earlier uh the movie's about 120 140 minutes yeah 142 hours to 140 minutes but only like 40 minutes of it is actual dialogue yeah, yeah which just feels like well the movie already feels long in general yeah uh it's only a two and a half not only two and a half but it is two and a half hours but feel like you're watching it forever waiting yeah. and i was waiting for it to go off but 
Yeah. Uh, How'd you, what'd you think overall now that you're talking about what you thought of it? Man, I could not wait for it to turn off. I, <laughs> I, uh, I watched it in sections. I fell asleep the first time I watched it. Uh, I had watched a bunch of movies that day anyway. And I watched it the day this was recorded for about an hour. And I watched it um, in segments throughout the day. I was drained while I was I kept checking to see how much time was left. I'm like, bro, I cannot wait for this to be over mm-hmm. because there's nothing really like you can't watch this the first time and be like, oh, and like be anticipating anything. It's just like I'm confused the entire time. Like I, yeah. like you said, this is one of the most confusing movies I've ever watched. Yeah. And even after a little bit of research, I understand it more. But if I watched it again, I still wouldn't be able to connect the pieces as to how articles or videos relate back to it. I I can appreciate it because it's one of those things where. It's probably the movie that is literally just like show it, don't like tell us. Yeah, it's probably one of the most like obvious movies when you say that phrase. Um, but I can appreciate the fact that it has so many themes and stuff that you can interpret. So you can interpret it this way; another person can interpret it this way. It's all just nonsense to, <laughs> to most people, but I can appreciate that it doesn't spoon feed you information and tell you that yeah. it goes one way. I, I while I was watching it, I wa- I watched it on Friday. The, I tried to watch it on a Friday, fell asleep after the first like forty minutes, and I tried to watch it on Saturday. I got a good amount of in. I was that was when I hit the AI part with Hal, mm-hmm. so I was actually really gripped. And then I d- finished it on Sunday. And the movie, like, if you watch it, like, I can imagine watching it in one go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I had time to, like, process the section <laughs> I watched. And then, but if I watched it all in one go, I'd be sitting there just like, what's going on? And I, a fun fact is that when they were screening this movie in 1968, a lot of people were walking out of the movie theater. A lot mm-hmm. of people were, like, whispering to themselves, like, what is this? Like, what's going on? Which is fair. Especially by, because at that point, movies were a lot more straightforward like you knew exactly what was going on the yeah. entire time or this you really test you and so in advertising uh they basically made an advertisement to come to the movie high so that was the whole ploy because honestly if you were like on something you came to watch this you would either have a great time or the most horrific like panic ever which i guess is cool i guess would you what would you besides sci-fi would you in terms of genre, put this as like horror movie or more of like a, um, I don't know. I'd say just off no research, just off my just off your viewing. Like it's alternative. It's that's not, that's it's, like it's a, it's a mixture of a lot of things. That's um, I wouldn't say horror. I'd say mystery. Yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, because I got a lot because Stanley Kubrick obviously directed The Shining, mm-hmm. and so he has kind of a hand in horror. And he does. I think once it hits the how part, I think it does kind of become a psych, not psychological, but you're kind of claustrophobic, kind yeah. of horror. It's just a little bit like a horror, a little probably more unsettling. I guess I guess I wouldn't say horror. I get what you're saying though. Or some, but probably because it's not so like in your face about it. Also because. Like, we're just getting a voice with it. Like, there's no, like, he's not doing any subtle actions, yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess he is disrupting the trip. I, there seems to be, there's a, like, sabotaging the trip, but uh, I don't know. Horror just seems so, like, yeah. hit, like, yeah. mess with it. And I think that 
I mean, if we're going to start off with like, let's first stop, talk about, um, you want to start off talking about the daughter man first and just kind of work our way kind of, cause it's hard to talk about this movie, like in one big thing. So yeah. Like, but it uses, yeah, yeah. So basically with the Donna man, uh, section of the movie, we basically just see basically just a bunch of monkeys, uh, apes kind of surviving. We kind of see what it was like. And I think, and I didn't say this before yet, but the visuals in this movie, the visuals and the themes of this movie are probably the biggest thing that it's known for because the visual effects I think are revolutionary and probably better in my opinion than 1977 star Wars, which was nine years later. But I think this movie one, this movie had a bigger budget. It it had, I think, hmm, I can't remember the budget. It was like 10, around $10 million. That's probably wrong. But it was at, at today's time, it was a hundred million dollars in today's time. Okay. So like it was like a it was like a it was a big budget yeah. movie for the time, and I think their miniatures and the way they make spaceships look, it just looks so good, knowing that it was even before we even got on the moon. That's hard to think about that this movie came out before we even got on the moon. I was watching it, and the effects were really good when he went through that. Um, I'm kind of getting off topic, like into another section, but. Towards the end of it, when he was going through all those like light streams or whatever, and going to the different universes, I realized I, I figured out why that how they did that. Uh, how? Okay. Yeah, I think that that was like drone footage of like drone footage that just had like saturation and colors just turned up all the way. Okay. Because it looks like it's like going over like African horizons or something. Yeah. Like that yeah. And then they just went hard on the color change, which it looks cool, but it's like I feel like if they didn't show me as much, I wouldn't be able to kind of. I kind of lost a little bit of the space value to it because I'm like, oh, those are just like earthly kind of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that kind of. You ruined it for me though. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. You were already, you were already wishing that it was going to be done anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, the movie was training. Man, I like, I've never wanted a movie to end quicker, yeah. I think. It's kind of demanding. And that's it, not true. There's no one movie. Yeah. But keep going. Uh, um, but anyway, yeah, back to the uh, ape part. Um, so we basically see them like feuding with another ape family, I guess, and they then all of a sudden they wake up and this huge extraterrestrial black structure is in the middle of the desert, which visually that was pretty cool because it kind of is such a contrast to see like dry desert and then just this black structure out of nowhere. And the monkeys are like, they're very confused by it, but they're kind of like just touching it and everything. And I think it cuts the next scene they find a bo- like a, a bone of an animal that mm-hmm. died, and then they start using that as weapons against the monkeys. And it shows like a big slow motion orchestral thing where they're destroying the thing. And I, you know, I took it as it's showing the evolution of man, finally figure out how to use weapons, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of showing the beginning of that. Did I have to watch 30 <laughs> minutes of monkeys fighting over a... A location, not really. I didn't need to. Did you? No. Just a bit of, like, too... And they started fighting, like, really... It took them a while. I mean, not, like, a while, but... Yeah. When the two monkey families met up, they're just screaming back and forth for what feels like five minutes. I'm sure it was shorter. Just to get, like, that puddle of water. Yeah. And, I don't know, that just took... Everything just took forever in this movie. Yeah. But... It was... Yeah, and that basically, is, and then it goes from the ape like throwing up the bone to it going into space. Yeah, 
which that was a good transition. It was a good transition. I enjoyed it. Um, I think that for me, at least, I just wasn't a fan about how the movie was paced. I think it was paced. <laughs> it's hard. Well, because Stanley Kubrick is such a weird guy. He had, I've said it multiple times before we started this, but he had like a 200 IQ, which is like super genius. I wonder what mine is. I don't want to know what mine is. <laughs> I don't want to know mine in comparison to him. But yeah, I don't know. There's the way it's paced. It's like we just see, and I, I understand that when we get into space, uh, it's like the seclusion and like the isolation and claustrophobia that is when you're in space. But at a certain point, we just don't have to see every little aspect of the, you know what I mean? We don't need to see four minutes of a ship slowly yeah. approaching. And I, I was talking to somebody earlier about it, and I'm just like, accuracy starts to affect the entertainment value of a movie because this movie is very accurate to how space travel is. Um, what, like, I think that's why most people will watch Star Wars more than this movie because while Star Wars isn't scientifically accurate to space, it's like the movie is probably one of the... The first Star Wars 1977 is probably one of the most well-paced movies of all time. I know you don't, you haven't seen it, but ah. it's because it doesn't, you know, a, star, a ship will go not... Oh, yeah. Um, is that like with the, uh, does the ship like zooming by go with like the yellow words at the bottom of the screen or is it like two different parts? I know it's like still Star Wars. Well, it's just, it's just kind of throughout the, all the movies, like every ship moves quickly. Okay. Where this one, every ship moves very slowly Okay. and we get to see it come and go. It looks great. It looks fantastic. The movie, I don't think there's one bad shot of the movie. And I like how it changes. Did you uh, pick up on kind of the differences in like cinematography at certain points? I uh, I know there's different like framing and stuff. Like mm-hmm. uh, I know the like iconic shot of uh, the guy walking through the the portal thing in the in the spaceship with it's like a hexagon. And the guy walking through it. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, I, know. I know that like symmetry. Uh, I don't think I know this. Are you talking about that or like? Just yeah, for- just kind of just like the differences in the shots like the women walking like upside down and the guy yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff like that yeah yeah uh i mean had the movie been you know like more entertaining i would have probably appreciated more because it was a contribution it'd be a contribution to y- yeah the good yeah. storyline but i'm just worrying about how long what's the point of this how long is it going to be yeah when is it going to be over so much that i don't even get to like oh man that's like a cool shot it's I think that the movie, it's draining to watch this thing for 30 minutes, get, at least try and get emotionally involved with these, like, characters, and then you have to start a whole new thing where you're now on a different ship across the galaxy, and now you gotta get accustomed to these characters, and I think that leads us into, because we don't really need to talk about the first, the middle, we can talk about the Donna Man and that little part before it gets to the actual astronauts on the ship next to Jupiter. Because I think that was probably when I actually became, as soon as Hal was introduced, mm. that's when That's when I think the movie really gets really, really good. Because it kind of builds up that Hal is like this all-knowing thing and that it has no emotion. Well, even, they don't even know if it has emotion. Or, no, they were questioning it at first. Uh, because, yeah. They said, um, they say he's not supposed to, but it's, no one know. will ever know. Yeah. Which I thought was like, oh no. Do you think? Because this movie is like really accurate for how 
not maybe not really accurate, but ahead of its time. That's my that's my biggest takeaway from it. I guess I'll explain it later. But do you think our computers have emotions? All I know, Cam, is that when I talk about something and my phone is open, I get ads about that thing later. I don't think it has emotion. <laughs> it's just uh, always listening. Yeah. There's something going on. Am I, is there anything I can do to stop it? Absolutely not. If anyone has any idea how to, whatever. But um, I think that, like you said, the movie is, it's hard to believe it's 1968. When I when you watch it, I'm thinking more towards like late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. When I watch it, like it, it doesn't hit me that it's in the 60s. And I think like cellular, like, like FaceTiming, yeah, FaceTiming people from across like space. And then AI, just in general, and the way it had like AI going, like bad going, right, was a really in the voice of how is really creepy. That's what I liked the most, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't like this super emotive, yeah, dark kind of. There's nothing you can do, yeah. you know, type of thing. I think how monotone it is, like um, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, yeah, he had a really like yeah monotone voice, but I think add to the creepy eeriness of it and how like polite he is yeah that's like especially when uh the main character astronaut i don't know his name i don't know the guy yeah i i don't care when he when he's trying to turn him off and he's like saying stuff like i think i deserve an answer to my question or it's like i told you not to it's like kind of creepy because you're like oh shoot like he's actually mad and he doesn't want him to be disconnected yeah uh i think that whole scene after the second astronaut died i love that shot by the way at them floating when you see like the thing slowly move towards the the astronaut that dies and the thing and it cuts it does boom 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 cuts to the hal's eye like how's little yeah okay and then you just see a wide shot of just him floating yeah i thought that was i really liked that part i think i think if you watch it in a different way it does look a little goofy because it's just him going yeah with context i guess but I think that once that happens and then the other astronaut goes out to get him and the Hal won't let him back into the ship, I think that was, that whole part, I was like really into it. But it it started to, it started to make me question it a little bit because it's just like, sit there, he looks around, he doesn't know if he can get back in, we wait with him, he finally, you know, it's just like everything's so drawn out that it's like just, you gotta like, Get it going. I wish I could. I watched a couple of videos on it, and all of them, or most of them, were just like Kubrick refrained from saying like the meaning of anything or like the ending, I guess. And yeah. I really want to understand. I mean, obviously anyone, but I just like what was your thought process? Like, what's that? When did you? How did you get this idea? Yeah, I even though I don't agree with it. Like, where did it come from? How did you get it? I I think it was based off a book. Yeah, well, I built very loosely. Yeah, I know there was like some fixes or like some changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very loosely based on a book. Um, I'm not gonna read that book, by the way. I'm not gonna read any <laughs> book. I can't. Wonder how long that book is. Two hundred pages. Could you imagine? Um, it's literally just the Dawn of Man part. Uh, but yeah, the whole part of the astronaut disconnecting him. I think it. And I watched a video. I'm not gonna take this off like I knew it, but um, I think. People think that the alien structures are kind of a metaphor for giving 
the person that's around kind of a idea on how to like kill basically because as soon as the structure comes down the apes touch it or kind of interact with it they start killing the other apes mm-hmm. and then it's like as soon as it gets on the moon or whatever i think it's like a metaphor for what like humans will kill of it like at a certain point in evolution and then they'll make their creations will they kill yeah okay you know because how's a creation of the humans and all that yeah i guess that's a good point uh because i'm sure in a couple years we'll see more like robotic ai things like failing and then people if it hasn't happened already i can't think of any off the top already but i guess that is a good point yeah uh but yeah, it, it feels like a different movie, though, doesn't it? Yeah, because as much as we're talking about, I guess, I guess the whole thing of this movie is just like, it's either what is life. Yeah, you know, it's like, what's the meaning of it? Isn't that like a thing with Siri? I think if you ask her, who Siri? I think if you ask the phone, she'll just say, "What if she said this movie? What's the meaning of life?" She said this movie. Probably. Could you imagine? Stanley yeah. Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick, two thousand one. It's. But I think the whole point of this movie is like it's a think piece. I mean, you can't leave without having an opinion. Uh, yeah. Well, unless you can be like us and just research. Yeah, research and, yeah. But, yeah, I don't... I, I just don't think anybody in 1968 came out of this movie going, that meant that, <laughs> that meant that. They were probably all just like... If you went... If you went... If you weren't sober, you probably had... Yeah. You probably... But, like, imagine, like, having no internet, no YouTube to watch... Like, you just had to watch this and just, like, talk with your friends yeah. or just sit with your thoughts. I can't... It's crazy, and I mean, and stuff just, like, happens. Like, stuff just happens, you know what I mean? Like, when he when he goes through, like you said, the, oh, yeah. like, loophole. or wormhole. Yeah, there's no... It's, it's like, he goes out, and then all of a sudden, he's in a wormhole, and it, I guess that's a wormhole. I don't know if it is. I, I think it's more people explain it as he's getting, like, flushed with, like, information and, like, just... Because I don't think he goes through a wormhole. I think he's just kind of like trapped in, like an extraterrestrial thing. It's I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm I get you. I understand. I can't have. It. I read something that it was, he was going through different universes and understanding. I guess going through different universes and then getting to a point in time where he sees himself in the future. I think that's something that I read. Yeah. Maybe not see himself in the future, but maybe he just aged. Yeah. I, because he ends up once he goes through the whatever it is. The where you see a lot of colors and very cool uh, shapes and effects. He is in like a very British classical style bedroom, and he sees he walks in and he's now middle aged. Yeah. Um, and then he walks in and he sees an older version of himself eating dinner, and then he spills a cup or something, and then he looks at the bed and it's himself, but now on the verge of death. And at the end of his bed, he sees another pillar another black extraterrestrial pillar and he points at it and then it turns him into like a space baby yeah i now i like the baby from regular show the space those are those are probably that's probably yeah that's definitely the inspiration for that i didn't even think of that that makes a lot of sense now that i think of it what what that yeah like the baby trial it wasn't like six of them the regular show maybe that's where the reference and i heard things like the aliens i've heard things that that room represents like now he's kind of being he's being observed by the aliens and he's kind of just seeing his entire life because now i think the extraterrestrial life is so advanced that it basically like gave him like it gave the apes the ability to kill 
mm-hmm. and stuff. I think they represent like knowledge. Like they give whoever's around it like knowledge or they give them like enlightenment or something like that. You know what I mean? I think it just gives them otherworldly the pillars. The pillars yeah. are giving whoever it's around more knowledge. As more, more knowledge or just kind of like makes them see things they wouldn't normally see if that makes sense. Okay. What's what I'm, I'm freestyling here, Cam. I, okay, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to like. I was trying to find any source to give me answers, yeah. Cam. Because because he sees himself, he sees himself dying, and then he becomes a baby. I don't know if the baby, him being a space baby, represents like he's now an all-knowing, like he sees, he sees all, everything, all. eternal, whatever. Or if it's like now he's just this super-powered baby, because and now he's on his way to Earth. Because the film ends with the baby in space, looking on Earth, doesn't it? Yeah. So some people, I think some people think that he's now going back to Earth as that space baby, or he's just forever and reborn in space and time. What if he? What if he turned into one of the aliens? Just like what if if it turned him into what if it turned him into an a alien baby? Like he's he's like one of the pillars. He's now like he's a pillar, but like in human. Like in a human body, if that makes sense. He has the knowledge of it. but So when he's looking at the Earth, he's maybe a pillar heading towards Earth? Yeah. That and then that could, probably. and then going back onto Earth, he could be like an actual, like, okay. All it's right. hard. It's... Let me think. Hold on. What if he's, all right, he's going to Earth as this, as a alien baby. But human seed as a pillar. No. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's go all right, this is clearly this is all just Yeah. Alright. Aliens got him in space. Yeah. They gave him all the knowledge and whatever. To us, no. If he came down right now, he is in the form of a baby. Mm-hmm. Either he came out of he came out of a pregnant lady or he just showed up one day. I don't know. But over time, he just like he's just like maybe maybe this baby's Kubrick. Like he's like really smart. Yeah, this is all we we have. This movie did a number <laughs> on us, guys. We are really struggling to make ends meet. Stanley Kubrick, honestly, that might have might have been it. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick was kind of a weird dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't. He wasn't really a necessarily good dude. Um, he actually, what you said, I that may be it. You can take it so many different ways to where like you can think about it, and I don't really know. It's hard. It's hard to think. I st- like personally. I still think the movie is. Yeah, <laughs> chaos. Maybe it is Stanley Kubrick. Maybe the whole movie is Stanley Kubrick. Just he's just this all-knowing guy. <laughs> what if he's an alien? Yeah. What if he? He probably was. Honestly, he he shouldn't. Uh... What if he, what if it was told backwards? What the movie? Yeah, that didn't make any sense. But I think it probably could be told backwards. You think about it. A baby, and then going reverse back to the dawn of man. Maybe I don't. know. I'm, I'm sure there's a cut, uh, a director, or Stanley's Kubrick's actual cut where he did that. But his set design, sorry, keep going. Gotcha. Well, no, we can talk about set design. His set designs are really good because, and um, he direct he did Clockwork Orange, which was like well known for all of its different uh, room styles and all that. Uh, the this Shining. The Shining, yeah. Um, Eyes wide shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has like a bunch of really 
interesting set designs. I want to know what his house looked like. I'm pretty sure I could oh, look God, up. Oh, God, I don't want to be in... If I was in the house with Stanley Kubrick alone, I... Yeah, that... You can have a feeling about <laughs> me, because I can't even imagine. I just wonder, like, what type of interior designs he had going on in his own personal home. Just but I... Newspapers everywhere. <laughs> I, like, scribble notes everywhere. Yeah. Which was, yeah, but I wonder, like, where he got his ideas from. Because they're all, like, uh, archive, uh, vintage type different continent type of art whatever i think he from what i remember most of his movie at least big stream movies are um most of them are usually from book adaptions mm-hmm. but he what he does is he takes like kind of the thin plot of those books and kind of makes it his own you know what i mean yeah um i think from what i actually i think i read some he only has like two movies that are fully original movies that he like came up with himself had no prior adaptation because he did Spartacus too, uh, and obviously that was already a yeah thing right before. But the reason I think that people think Stanley Kubrick is one of the best directors of all time is probably because of just how he he shoots pretty non traditionally. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So like yeah. he'll. I don't know. It's hard to, like, he'll do quick zooms. He'll do quick edits to where it's like, if I'm looking at, like, a wall, he'll do, like, three quick shots into the wall. And it seems like he doesn't have a true style. Yeah. Uh, I like the shot when, again, I think that might be my favorite shot, when he was going through all the, the colorful things at the end of the movie, and then, like, for, like, a split second, he'll show the guy's face that, that was all still image, yeah. Yeah, and, like, all distorted kind of. And Yeah, I thought. I like that a lot. Yeah, I really. Stuff like that where it's like you, I wouldn't think to do that. I don't think like if it was a traditional director would show, literally probably like ten seconds of that, mm-hmm. show the guy's face as he's doing. It does. It shows him kind of like going like oh like as he's going through, but then it would just like keep it at that. But we sit there, which if there was any moment in the film where it's like oh like why are we watching this? That was probably the best example, because it's like okay like we're in his shoes going through this like. Seems like forever wormhole of just space, everything. But like you said, I think the adding that, the middle. yeah, it. I don't know. It kind of like jump scares you a little bit because you're just like, because <laughs> he's like all like he's like like his face like all messed up and he's just like, oh my god, um, and uh, just like how he keeps that things at like a wide shot, and he'll keep scenes going as a wide shot and then all of a sudden he'll do this quick zoom in or he'll do like a boom 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 um i think stuff like that really puts him aside and it just makes you it makes you like his style because it is so i think it's so it's like a chameleon he has adapts to like different situations yeah um i was thinking of it earlier the example i had was when hal won't let him in and then he finally gets into the thing and it's for the majority of the movie it's been like locked up like the cameras hasn't been moving a lot but then when he's like going to disconnect the how it's like shaky cam like it's very shaky yeah because he he has to get his suit on because he i think he killed the oxygen yeah in the ship so it's very shaky and everything and i think that did a good job of making you feel like oh crap like this is going on you know he's kind of like tired because he just went through a vacuum in space to get into the ship um and yeah i this movie, dude. It's so much to talk it is, about, but... It's just so hard to, like, get a grasp on what... Imagine, like, sitting with... Like, if we had Stanley Kubrick here right now, 
on the podcast, and I was just like, hey, Stan. Stan the man. Just tell me what it was about. He, well, what? I think he'd be coked up on drugs. Probably have like a billion notes just written down yeah. just to get reference points. He's like, oh, he brings out like a moldy, disgusting journal, and he's just like, oh, let me... Let me let me just like open hope everywhere. Yeah, and I'm just like Cold Oh my gosh. And I I mean, I give props to him for not telling a story in the traditional way. And like I said earlier, nineteen sixty eight. That's like the most I think for any movie beyond or any movie before, like or after like two twenty early two thousands, like I feel like everything was like pretty traditional and standard on the way yeah. you present a a film but yeah it is i feel like it does take a lot of work to um, have an idea like this and execute it and publish it 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 has a lot it takes a lot of especially because i think this movie set the groundwork for space movies going on you know like star wars like star trek like all the things they do i think took inspiration from this movie and how it's like portrayed mm-hmm. but then i say that but and i know it's different because those are more like space adventure action movies um but they, what they do different is they kind of, pa- not pander, but they provide more entertaining and they break the rules of space to be more entertaining. Yeah. And this one doesn't do that at all. Like, I feel like, I felt like I was in space, which is what the movie wants you to do. But I feel like there's a certain point where it just becomes way too much into that. You know what I mean? It kind of is like, okay, I, like, I get it. I get that the loneliness of space, although I'm never going to space, I can actually understand it, but it's like checking my watch, going like it's been 15 minutes and we're yeah. still doing this. I don't know. Was was there anything, I guess I'll ask you, what was your favorite aspect of the movie? Was it how the whole storyline with them and the, him and the astronauts? I think so. Uh, that was the most, I think when Hal got introduced into it, he brought in the most, like intriguing yeah like the thing i was most curious about not understanding how he worked because i guess since we live in a time of ai i could just kind of assume how he works anyway but just i knew there was a twist coming so i was just wondering how it was going to be played out mm-hmm. uh but other than I, that man i think i think it's hard to watch like in twenty twenty three, we're watching it and we're just like yeah you know you did a good job but like if you were from that time and you watched that and you had no there was no ai there was no cell phones and you, well, depending on how old you were, if you made it this far in 2023 and you're watching it, you're probably like, because you're like, wow, he predicted a lot of that stuff. I will say. Now, granted, it's pro- the idea of it was probably a subject at the time and everything, but he was the first kind of filmmaker to kind of put it to screen mm-hmm. in a way that portrayed it in a certain way. I give it a visual. Give us expectations, really. Okay. I think, I'll change my answer. I think the most... I guess it's not the, like simple answer. My favorite thing about this movie was how advanced it was, uh, and how like before its time it is. Because you see it now, yeah. and I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, like you said, if you were if you watched the movie back then, you see where we're at now. Like, yeah. I wonder what you're thinking when you first saw it the first time. Yeah, like, the FaceTime never happened. Yeah, like man, he's tiring FaceTime, and I'm gonna see you, and we're like a thousand and miles away. When they were watching this, they weren't even sure if we were ever gonna get to space. Isn't that crazy? And then, like, wasn't a year later, we yeah, got yeah, yeah. on the moon. And that's why, and I was talking to you before the podcast started, I, a lot of people think that Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon landing. And I have to say that I think the timeline does kind of beg some questions, especially because it came out in 1968. The most accurate 
thing of space. Even today, people are saying it's one of the most accurate, um, except for one detail, which I'll get to after I explain this. But um, And then a year later, we get to space, and you can be a conspirator or whatever, but I just think that if there was a guy to do it, Stanley Kubrick would be the guy. To, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I don't know. I'll have to watch more <laughs> videos explaining that. But a fun fact about the movie is that when they were coming up with how Earth would look, at that point in time, I think um, the first picture of how Earth looked in space, from space, hadn't been taken yet. So they basically just had to guess what Earth would look like. So it was like all blue. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was weird because I, I didn't know that. I looked that up, obviously. I, did, I didn't know that. Um, but, I think yeah, it was 1972. I think they got the first picture. And so when I was watching it, I was like, where's the continents? Yeah. There's no green. Uh, yeah. But it's because they just guessed and they just thought, pretty accurate. It looks great. <laughs> Besides that little detail, which is like being picky at that point because he basically had to be like, well, it's blue because there's water. And- I didn't notice that, though, like that there wasn't, there was no land on it. I didn't like, I didn't know that there wasn't, uh, up there wasn't the picture of space until a couple of years after, but yeah. I didn't notice that it was something. It always makes you wonder, like, I feel like, you know, with <laughs> Star Wars, because, you know, uh, they've had multiple re-editions of Star Wars to where they, like, keep adding more CGI stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they haven't gone back and, which I think Stanley Kubrick was a very big thing of, like, not touching his movies after they released. But I feel like that would have been a good thing to kind of maybe, like, go back and maybe add some green. Because I'm not going to lie, at the end of the movie, like, I got it was Earth, but at the at the first I was like, is that Earth? You know, because it was all blue. Pluto. Because I guess someone could have thought it was blue. Isn't Pluto all blue? Or blue? But then it wouldn't make Oh, sense. Neptune. Neptune. Okay, yeah, yeah. Man, I don't know. Planets. <laughs> I I don't even know. I'm surprised they had it on Jupiter. I thought you think yeah. it would have been, like, on Lore Blower or something stupid. Like, another galaxy. But um, I think, I don't know. This... It's so hard to pinpoint a certain topic because there's so many, like, metaphors and themes. But I think at the end of the day, the biggest thing that I took from it was just men, or not men, but just humans in particular, like, their evolution is, at the end of the day, no matter what they create or technology that it has, at the end of the day, like, it's very fundamental behavior, like killing you know, selfishness, desire, like that stuff, that's going to come through no matter how evolved they become with the apes being that metaphor about how they first began to kill mm-hmm. and then men's creation with AI, then they like start to kill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think just at the end of the day... We're all just killers. I mean, that was a bar cam. That was a bar cam. Um, I think just at the end of the day, we're just kind of insignificant in the grand scheme of space, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And I think the movie portrays that with just kind of how there's, like, extraterrestrial life, but it's like we never even get to the bottom of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll never know how deep. Yeah, we we never learn in the movie kind of how exactly what they are. We get a little bit of their capabilities, but at the end of the day, we're just kind of, like, dumb humans that don't, you know what I mean? Don't understand it. I have a question. It's really off top from what you just said. What's one word to describe this movie? Oh, well, besides the easy ones, like, complicated and, like, well, I gotta say boring. Yeah. I would say two words, but it's a single. You put the dad hyphen in the middle. Thought-provoking. Okay. What would you put? What would you say? 
Pyrex. <laughs> I'd say advanced. Yeah. Or ex- is exploratory a word? Exploratory is a word. I, we'll call it a word today. It's a, it's a new word if we if we just did it. Um, explores different topics. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I, and I can't like I know I've said it multiple times, but I just can't get over about how good it looks. Mm. You know, because if it looks like if it looks like bad, it's terrible. Movie yeah. is the worst movie of all time. It's boring. It has nothing. But the fact that it looks so good, and there's so many things in it that are just were so revolutionary for the time, and still is for how it portrays things. Just kind of in the visual things they do where they have people like walking upside down or running in a circle. Mm-hmm. Like oh, wall. Yeah, or it's just it's just so I think it's probably my top five visual movie of all time. Not story, not characters, just, just look. I, if I was deaf, couldn't hear, and I just had to look at something, I would want to look at this movie, you know, because it's just so beautiful to look at. I'll give you that. But if you know. Well, really, if I lost my hearing, I wouldn't be too far off in this movie. It's probably the best movie for those who can't hear. Don't you think so? Like, if you just had subtitles, you'd be pretty okay. No, because... What do you mean? If I don't have subtitles... I mean, if, if, I, have, if I have subtitles yeah. and I'm just watching it, I'm going to see music the entire time. It, oh, my. I didn't even mention this. My Because te- you had subtitles on, didn't you? I did. And it's just silence. And it just has like music. Music continues. Music continues. Music continues. And it's like, Which, I, you know? yeah, but it's just like a, you know, it's not even like music. Yeah. I, I thought that was funny because like as I was like kind of staring at the TV, which I didn't mention it earlier, but like <laughs> it starts off with three minutes of black. And I, my eyes, I think, were sending my brain signals that they were basically like, I don't know what's going on because I started seeing like light on the TV. I felt my TV was broke. Yeah. And, but that's just kind of, I guess, just getting you into the vibe. Like this is space. There's nothing and it's silent. And, and all of a sudden, and it just, you know. That was a great, that, a great opener. Yeah. Great sound. Yeah. But is there anything else you have to say about this? Because I know we're missing so much. There's only so much to talk about. For the about. sake of time and, you know, just our sanity. Yeah. And my lack of knowledge on yeah. anything that there is to tell. Um. So, yeah, Cam, do you have any closing thoughts on the movie? I know we've jumped around a little <laughs> bit and everything, but for the sake of time, we will cut it close or cut it out now. Uh, I don't I don't think so, man. Just uh, I, I think this is something you have to see once just to say I've seen this movie, even though we're kind of we're not bashing it, but just like it, they're. Just a form, of, just to have an opinion on it. Just go watch it. Uh, would you say that this is one of those movies everyone should watch before they die? Yes. Okay. With yes, just to, I think you appreciate it more once you know when it came out, mm-hmm. and just to see like how it is yeah. in the future or up until the point you watch it, which is modern times. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, go give it a watch. You do you have any closing? Yeah, I, uh, I think everything I've said. Obviously, I'm just gonna reiterate it. I think it's one of the best movies visually of all time i think the story maybe i'm just a simpleton maybe 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 i'm just like not smart enough to understand it but i just think that visually in the way that it portrays itself and the themes of it were so advanced for the time mm-hmm. that i agree with you that i think that everybody should watch this movie before they die just to see kind of just because it's one of those movies it kind of changed cinema forever in a way and visual effects forever and just space mm-hmm. movies forever but yeah i think if i was to give it a rating i'd I'd honestly rate it two different ways. I'd say, like, 
as a movie, like visually and creatively, I'd give it probably 4.5 out of 5. Um, I think in terms of my enjoyment of the movie, like how I felt throughout, I'd probably get like a a 2.5 out of 5 if I like in terms of like entertainment. You know what I mean? Okay. But it's like when it gets going, it's really like once it grabs you, really good. For that small portion with how? Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Because, I, yeah. I'd go off the same rating as you. I like the two different. As far as like, like you said creativity and all that, I'll give it a I'll probably give it a four and a half as well because yeah. I, I would I could never think of the stuff. Either. Yeah, especially in '68, man. But I'll give it a four and a half for that. As far as enjoyment, I'm giving it a solid one. Whole one and a half, solid one and a half, solid one and a half. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't think I could rewatch this. I don't think I will. I I could rewatch bits. I rewatch scenes, but some you know I can, I don't think I I don't think I could ever rewatch it fully. Yeah. Unless I like was on monster, <laughs> actually that'd be worse because I'd just be so jittery and I'm. Just, Where's the action? Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, what am I doing? But yeah, I, yeah, I think that's all. I yeah, say. I don't go watch it if yeah. you have it. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, I hope hope you guys enjoyed our first video. Uh, there's more to come. Uh, we're gonna do some cool stuff with the background. We're gonna do some cooler stuff with videos in general. But I hope you enjoyed our attempt to kind of think 2001 out. <laughs> and before I uh, close off, I was going to ask you, why do you think it's called 2001? Yeah, 2001 The Space Odyssey. I don't know if he just kind of threw an, a, a year out of a hat and just said like... If he were. Unless it's some like biblical or sci-fi well-known year, like a predestined year of contact to aliens maybe. 2001 The Space. Did anything happen in 2001? That's that's why well, I said nine eleven. That's like the biggest thing in two thousand one. Yeah, well, it, well, it happened. It was made nineteen sixty eight, but I don't know if it's like he read a book that like prophesized that we would make contact with aliens in two thousand one. You know what I mean? But sadly, I can't talk to him because he is no longer with us. But I don't know. I just thought I'd ask you just because when you think about it, you're like, wait, why is it? Yeah, if it were to be like a scientific type year, I'd just two thousand. It's a cool name. Two thousand one Odyssey. Space. That, that is that's like a. a Title of the album, yeah, a space odyssey. I I hope Stanley Kubrick did make music because I could do. I'd fall asleep to that music. I feel my insomnia. I feel like it'd be like a super long song, just different type of genres and like that all orchestral, yeah, all violins and like harps, yeah, everything. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll end there. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. We will see you next week when we review a new movie that Cam will pick. (laughs) <laughs> and we will see you then. This has been the Two Dudes Talking Movies podcast, and we'll see you next week. Peace. For more videos of us reviewing movies, you can visit our YouTube page, Two Dudes Talk Movies. See you next week with our new review.